This is Power for Living, the Bible teaching ministry of Christ the King Church in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Feliciano Segundo, and our teacher is Father Michael Carl. So get all your Bibles and let's get started. How many of you have seen the movie starring Eddie Murphy called Coming to America? In that movie, Eddie Murphy plays the prince of an African country. And he comes to America to check it out and see what or who he may find. In the process of his adventure, he meets this woman who is the woman of his dreams. Now, keep in mind that as a prince, he had been groomed to marry the one that the king, his father, had appointed for him to marry. And this woman over back in the African country had been trained to be a queen, to love the man of royalty, her husband, who at first would be a prince and then would be eventually king. Now, the prince, Eddie Murphy's character, doesn't want to marry that woman who's been groomed to be his wife. He wants to marry the gal that he really loves. So here's the wedding day. They're playing, you know, here comes the bride and all that stuff, and Eddie Murphy's standing up there going, oh, oh gosh, do I have to go through with this? I don't want to. But the woman gets to the altar, and they lift the veil, and it's the woman who he really loves. So he gets to actually marry the woman of his dreams. Now, in our story last week, we remember that Jacob was running from his brother Esau, and he has this great spiritual experience. And if you recall, we also said that in the end, he was actually trying to bargain with God. You know, he was saying, Lord, if you would do this, then I will serve you. It's one of those classic if-then propositions. Now, we also found out that God doesn't make deals, does he? Nope, he doesn't negotiate. You take his terms or not. Jacob continues his journey and he shows up in Haran where his uncle Laban is. And so he arrives and he's talking to the shepherds there and they got to roll the stone off the well. And soon here's this woman coming and she's leading a flock of sheep. And it turns out this is Rachel. And he looks at her and he goes, I love that woman. I want to marry her. At first sight. You know, this is one of those is love at first sight things. Now, he goes up to Rachel and kisses her and then he starts to cry. Now, ladies, is this the kind of greeting you would actually want from a guy you've never seen before and don't know who he is? No? Well, it's what happened here anyway. Now, he decides that he loves this woman enough to want to marry her. Now, she runs off into the house and tells her dad, Laban, who's actually Jacob's uncle, that Jacob is here. And Laban runs out and greets Jacob. Now, it turns out Jacob stays there for a month. And as we read in our Old Testament passage, Laban said to Jacob, because you are my relative, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, 
what should your wages be? Now Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah's eyes were delicate or weak, but Rachel was beautiful of form and appearance. Now what we have to look at is this construction in Hebrew that Leah's eyes were weak could be translated, Leah was nothing to look at. In other words, the Mesopotamian Vogue would not be offering her a modeling contract. Here's how we know that that's the correct interpretation. There's that little word in that sentence called but. You know, that's a word of comparison, like I don't want to go to the grocery store, but I have to. But is in like, on the other hand, so here we go. Leah's eyes were delicate, but Rachel was beautiful of form and appearance. So that, that sentence would make no sense whatsoever unless we translated that first thing about Leah's eyes being delicate as Leah was not particularly attractive to look at, but Rachel was beautiful of form and appearance. Now. Jacob loved Rachel, so he said, I will serve you seven years for Rachel, your, un your younger daughter. Now, there's a lot of stuff wrong with this process here. First, Rachel is Jacob's first cousin. And that's like not a good idea. So also Laban is willing to barter for his daughter. In other words, sell her off. Now, ladies, how would you like it if your dad took a big load of cash in exchange for you getting married to somebody? Right? So that's wrong, too. Now, it works out that Jacob, you know, the marriage day comes and Jacob goes and he goes into his wife who he thinks is Rachel. And then it turns out he wakes up but behold, it was Leah. So Jacob obviously gets irritated at this, and he goes to Laban and says, What have you done to me? You know, didn't I serve you for, didn't we agree on Rachel? Then Laban says, Well, this is not the custom in our country. Now you think, couldn't he have told Jacob that first? Yeah. And then Jacob would be sitting there saying, you mean you want me to marry this woman instead of this one? And Jacob had the opportunity to go, if, he had, if it had worked out that way, Jacob would have had the opportunity to go, nah, it ain't worth it, okay? So, he serves another week. Until then, he gets Rachel, the one he really wanted to marry. And this is how our opening story relates to this. It was exactly the reverse. He finally gets the one that he really wanted when he had the other one uh, <clears throat> put in her place, so to speak. Now, Jacob is peeved by this time, but he agrees for some reason to serve Laban for another seven years, and he does so, and in the process, 
these two ladies, or one of them anyway, and the maids start having babies. And there's lots of them over the period of time covered by this. But there is corruption all around. What happens? Rachel gives Jacob her maid so the maid can start having kids for Rachel. And Leah gives Jacob her maid so they can start having kids. So there's four women there. Thinking about this. Messed up family. Huh? Messed up family. Okay, well, that's the Bible's point here, is that is a messed up family. That this is not exactly one of the scenes or scenarios that would make a good Hallmark Channel movie, let me tell you. And so, Jacob continues to serve. Now, if you turn over into Genesis chapter 30, we see that Rachel lets Leah stay with Jacob for the night in exchange for some vegetables. Mandrakes, okay? So mandrakes, legend has it, mandrakes were a fertility vegetable. I'll let you guys run with that if you want. Now, we know that Laban is a cheat, okay? Now, Laban tries to figure out a way to swindle Jacob out of his sheep and livestock. On the other hand, Jacob comes up with this weird idea that we find in Genesis chapter 31, where Jacob took for himself rods of green poplar and of the almond and chestnut trees, peeled white strips in them, and exposed the white which was in the rods, and the rods which he had peeled he set before the flocks in the gutters and the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink, so that they would conceive when they came to drink. And it turns out that all those ones that come up and see the strip of bark on the, on the post there are speckled and spotted, which is how he agreed with Laban. You get the pure colored ones, and Jacob says nobly, I'll take the ones that are spotted and not perfect. Well, anyway, he gets this, puts this stuff on the, on the fence post there, and most of the sheep turn out to be speckled and spotted. And still for the life of me, I have not figured out how that worked. Think about it. Sheep, and then something on the fence post in front of them gets them to produce spotted offspring. Anyway, it works out. Jacob hauls in this big cache of sheep that are in appearance the way he agreed to have. And then he says, I'm out of here. So he grabs his two or actually four wives and their kids and they take off. Now, we look at Rachel and think, yeah, she's really pretty, so she's got to be okay. But no, Rachel is also a liar and a thief. Well, how do we know that? Well, she took the household idols from Laban's house. And then when Laban chased Jacob down, she lies about having them. And she sits on this blanket mound there with the idols underneath it and says, I'm having my time. You know what that is. Now, she lied about having the idols. So 
she's not any moral prize either. And so we have this problem. Rachel is a liar. Jacob is a cheat. Laban is a cheat. And Leah's ugly. <laughs> Frank, frankly, you know, that's not very nice, but that's, I mean, that's, you know, that's what the scriptures tells us. So what do we learn from all of this double dealing and under the table bargaining and all of this? The lesson is what we sow, we will reap. In the army, we had this phrase related to it. It says, if you do that, it'll come back to bite you. And that's the lesson here. If we sow deceit and dishonesty and we deal crookedly with one another and our business partners, our friends, our neighbors and whoever, it's going to come back. That's what Paul said in Galatians. Whatever you sow, that is what you reap. If you sow lies and deceit, that's what you're going to get. But if you sow righteousness and honesty and integrity, that's what you're going to get. And so we know that Jacob was not quite willing to live up to that vow he made, but God. And we'll see that next week. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Power for Living. If you happen to miss any of our other programs, be sure to go to our podcast page at ChristTheKingNorthShore.podbean.com. And you can also visit our website at www.ctknorthshore.org. If this program has been a blessing, feel free to let us know. Write us at Power for Living, Care of Christ the King Church, 4 Railroad Avenue, Suite 309 in Wakefield, Massachusetts, 01880. Or you can also send us an email at ChristTheKingNorthShore at gmail.com. You can be a part of this gospel ministry by becoming a patron of Power for Living. You can find out how by clicking the Become a Patron button at the top of our podcast page. That's it for this week, and until next time, remember that Jesus is your Power for Living. Mm-hmm.